0: Hello everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Dodgeball Podcast. Though it's been a few weeks now, I did not want to let the uh, East Round One tournament that took place on March tenth pass by without a solid recap. And uh, here to help me do that is uh, Frankie Gianetto and Amanda Natalie uh, to cover what went down. Um, guys, thank you so much for joining me, and uh, let's just go ahead and get started with a quick introduction. Um, Frankie, uh, you mind go ahead and going first, giving us your name, the team you play for, and your overall role uh, in Round One?
1: Sure, thanks for having us. So my name is Frankie Giannetto. I play on Team Awesome and I played open with them. And then for Coed, I teamed up with some Boston friends on the team Night Shift.
2: Nice. Uh, my name's Amanda Natalie. I used to be a member of Davis Dodgeball. However, with all the changes that occurred after nationals, I'm now a member of KO. Although I'll only be cheering the team on from the sidelines this year as I continue to rehab my knee after ACL surgery um, because of this I ran the women's division in the east and will do so in the next two rounds as well as helped out with open co-ed and showdown when Tim was playing
0: gotcha and was your uh you said ACL was that dodgeball related or other sports related
2: uh that was flag football related
0: oh wow yeah wow. yikes and that sucks um, but yeah you know.
2: poor decisions
0: um, um yeah I mean it's never fun to be taken out by an injury so um, that's a bummer. How long until you, re- you recover?
2: Um, I will make my comeback right after Nationals.
0: <laughs> oh, geez. So you're out all all year?
2: All year, Yeah.
0: Oh, that sucks. Yep. Dang. Well, bummer. Um, but I guess uh, trying not to s- spend too much time on, on that particular thing, um, I guess we'll just go ahead and, and, and get started with your first thoughts overall. Um, I know it's after the fact, but... Um, for me, West Round 1, it, it felt like everyone just came out swinging. And uh, judging from both the World Tribune's article and Dominic's highlight video, it looks like uh, East was no different. Um, would it be fair to, to say that was the case for you guys that you noticed? And uh, Frank, yeah, I, so, go ahead and get right. that one first. Yeah, sure.
1: Yeah, so I'll go first. So I actually would say something a little counter to that. So I think the East Coast is really different this year. You know, we've kind of had a set top four teams with set rosters for about two years now um and pretty much top to bottom every team has changed so you could see a lot of kind of feeling your teammates out and feeling the other teams out and i think some of the teams sort of clicked as they went through the bracket play and really turned it on then so there were some surprises i think at the top um some teams that you would expect to be at the top that weren't quite there so i think everyone's still excited and coming out ready to play but um I think this was kind of a, a practice, not a practice tournament, but there's a lot of trial and error for teams.
0: Gotcha. Kind of like testing the waters a little bit.
1: Yeah, you could tell they didn't know quite like, you know, who would play corner when like their one designated corner would get out and things like that.
0: Gotcha. And uh, how about you, Amanda? What did, what did you uh, notice?
2: Yeah, I agree with uh, Frankie 100%. I think we were all interested to see what Open would look like since, as he said, two of the top four teams are completely gone, Um, and even the other two top teams had roster changes in there. Um, It was also the East's first full women's division. We had a 4v4 last year for round three, but to be able to field a full team of six and know you'd be able to play with this group that you're playing with also at Nationals, it was definitely a game changer, and it was exciting to see um, what the different teams looked like.
0: Gotcha. When you mentioned two, of the, the top four teams are gone. Uh, who who are they?
2: Davis, dodgeball, and Shooters.
0: Oh, that's right. Yeah, I forgot. Shooters is is uh no longer. Um, I know, but I did not know that about Davis. Though that's a that's a bummer. And I think did they like merge together and form Anarchy? Because that's one team that I, I noticed looking at the bracket and looking at the recap. They just seem to dominate everything. Um, and and it, this can either be for for either Amanda or, or, or Frankie. Um, what was the deal with them? It looks like they they did dominate everything. Was that the case or uh, what happened there?
2: So I'll let Frankie speak to open because I didn't get the opportunity to see them much there. But um, we knew that coming in that they'd be good in every division they played in. They had good players all around. Um, I think, however, to say dominate, I think they were given a run for their money in every round. Um, the women's team had to fight their way out of the loser's bracket in order to win. Um, and in round rob or in co-ed, I got to watch that a little bit more than I did open. Um, they definitely, I don't even think they were the number one seed coming out of round robin. Gotcha. Um, so I think they definitely dominated the whole tournament as a whole. They won every division, but they didn't win easily, I would say.
0: They, they fought for it. Gotcha. Okay, and that's my fault because I'm I'm looking at the brackets and all I see is, uh, you know, anarchy, anarchy, anarchy. So that's that's probably my poor judgment, but that's why you're here. So I appreciate that. Um, And and then Frankie, do you want to go ahead and kind of add to that for what you saw, at least with the open division?
1: Yeah, so I'd say with open, uh, using the word dominate, honestly, is a little appropriate. (laughs) Um, They pretty much kicked everyone's butt. So they were tied with us for the one seed going into the bracket play. Um, and they just had a couple more two-one losses, so we kind of just agreed we'll be the one and they'll be the two. But I think they two would us both times we played them in the winners' final and then the overall finals of it. So I definitely think they, uh, you know, they came to play, and I think they shocked everyone with how well they could play together so early, since they are a merged team, like Amanda said.
0: Right. What the, um, and I don't know if I'll open any 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 worms <laughs> with, with this one. What impact did Andrew Ketchum have with them?
1: I'll let, I'll let Amanda start because she kind of had something to say first. <laughs> <Gotcha>.
2: <laughs> um, I can't speak to this as much as I'm sure Frankie can again, but I did see him play in a couple games. And to say he wasn't a factor is a little ridiculous. He changes the whole dynamic on the court. Um, he's one of the best players in the country. And then to add him to an already top four team that has some of the best players in the East on it definitely makes an impact. Um, to how you're playing against them, a lot of people think they'll still be number one without Ketchum at round two, and I won't be. Su- I wouldn't be surprised to see them in the top two, um, but I definitely think that Anarchy will be more beatable without him, around for the later rounds.
0: Yeah, and, and that's why, and I, I at the risk of like just opening a chain of of comments, I really wonder, you know, how much of a factor did he play? And because I had this same feeling. First of all, I was really surprised when I saw the picture. I was like, "Wow, that guy looks a lot like Ketchum." And then, "Oh, okay, it is. <laughs> like, that makes sense." Uh, put him and Billy together, and that is a team that you, you don't want to play against. And um, it looks like like Tim actually just joined us. So, Tim, this is a, a yeah, perfect. Yeah, I was uh... about
3: to. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's like um,
3: I was about to chime in and say that Mark and I were both equally surprised as well... everyone else was with that. Uh, but yeah. yeah. Anyways, how's it going, Amanda and Frankie?
0: Well, uh, well, surprise everybody. Uh, guest star uh, Tim Wells is here with us also. Um, Tim, <laughs> real quick, um, go ahead and just introduce yourself, uh, what team you play for, and what role you had with with, um, with this round.
3: Oh, uh, okay, so Tim Wells, uh, I run the East uh, of Elite Dodgeball. I play for the Rochester Tigers, and uh, yeah, I was running the tournament, so...
0: Gotcha. And I think uh, you probably just like your ears were burning, like, oh, they're, they're talking about catch them and there's some controversy. I'm going to hop on and, and, and join them.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of like controversial because there is like the rules where you're not supposed to play on a top four team if you are on a top four team in another division. And so um, I guess we are trying to rethink that going forward because technically Anarchy wasn't a top four team, meaning anyone could join it. You know what I mean? Right. So, uh, yeah, so that's just kind of like a workaround that, you know, we're trying to explore going forward.
0: Gotcha. And a little little technicality maybe. What were you going to say, Frankie? Sorry.
1: I was going to jump in and say, and, you know, besides all that, originally he was there because one of Anarchy's players, Mike Caterino, is out with an injury right now, and then Billy wasn't supposed to be able to make the tournament. So he was kind of there to, you know, steady the ship and make sure they – you know, could compete as highly as they thought they were going to, right? And then Billy, as the last minute, was able to come. So that's why I think Tim said it was a surprise for him and Mark because we weren't expecting Billy and Ketchum to be there that day.
0: Gotcha. And that's that's kind of a tough call because like you don't want to necessarily send somebody home, especially if they flew all the way across the country to to play. Um, not not gonna like defend him or, or make any excuses, but I can kind of see where you're maybe past the point of no return, but. It'll be curious because, uh, unless I'm mistaken, Titan is ranked 7th now, so they're not a top four team. <laughs> so, it kind of, maybe Karma evened it out for you guys, or I don't know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I did I did notice that as well. Technically, Ketchum could come out to every round if he wants right now.
0: Uh, we're going to have I mean, to we love Ketchum. Edit that out.
2: <laughs> he's great, but he can stay on the West Coast. <laughs> uh,
0: are, you sure you guys, are you sure you guys don't want him? Because he's, uh, you can have him. Uh,
2: <laughs> you play on Titan with him?
0: No, I don't actually. I used to. Okay. So that's why you can have him. He's lost all okay. all value to me. <laughs> <laughs> now he's uh, now I'm just like everybody else. That's like, oh man, that's uh, we're gonna have to face this guy. Great, but um, oh well. Anyway, uh, just kidding. Catch him. Love you, but man, you're you're a scary dude. <laughs> um, so let's go ahead and, and and go back to to open, um, and then Frankie. A- aside from anarchy. Um, Were there any other teams that at least gave them a run for the money or teams that had like a really strong showing that you wanted to kind of talk about or or bring up?
1: Yeah, so I think there's some teams that had a strong showing we should probably talk about. So, um, of course, it was Anarchy and Awesome in the finals. So I think that was kind of if you put your money on it, you'd say that. But if you start going down the list after that, there was some shakeup in teams you thought might place kind of that third to sixth range. So um, surprise number one, I think, is definitely Z-Warriors. So these are some kids out of Delaware. Um, We met them at a charity tournament, I want to say, two years ago. And uh, through Kyle Roth and Colin Dowling having these kind of fake elite style tournaments they do, we got them into the 8.5 scene.
3: Nice.
1: And um, this is their second year playing elite. They played at, I think, one or two tournaments last year. But they wound up fighting their way to fourth, which is definitely big for them. Um, I don't think they really placed that high in anything that competitive and they were just catching everything. Like even when we played them, they would go up on us like five to two because they would just catch two, three throws in a row. It was, it was pretty fun to watch. Um, Tim, do you want to pick a team to highlight maybe? Uh,
3: yeah. So, I mean, um, obviously Z Wars is like the, the big one that I don't think anyone really, uh, expected not, not to like downplay them, but, um. It's just, like you said, they weren't at all three divisions last year, at least not to my knowledge. So, um, I mean, when I set the two pools, um, you know, it wasn't who I was expecting. And so, um, again, I don't really remember my exact uh, train of thought. But, I mean, I'm looking at the double elimination bracket right now, and, I mean, Clutch Mode lost 2-1 to on Anarchy. And so they're, I think, the only other team that I see um, at least... In the playoffs that took a round off of them and so i don't know how close that that game was because again i'm kind of everywhere but um i mean i don't i don't necessarily think that anarchy's unbeatable team but um i don't know i mean clutch mode still you know they went they lost 2-0 against z warriors in the losers bracket so um it was between uh clutch mode and aftershock placing i think fifth and sixth so um
2: Yeah, so I mean, again,
3: like between Brick Brick Squad, and AfterShock, um, Goat, and Arkham, I mean, those were the teams that I thought would have been, you know, in that in that four to seven slot. So uh, I expected a stronger showing from from Arkham um, and from Goat. Honestly, I mean, they knocked us out of the bracket uh, and then got knocked out by Z Warriors. So um, yeah, so that's just my take on it.
1: Yeah, gotcha. and to uh, to piggyback on you there with Clutch Mode too, they're a team like I was saying. Teams were kind of feeling themselves out. You could tell they were getting really frustrated during round robin play and during the bracket. It just kind of clicked. They really, you know, they looked like they were in a groove. I didn't see the Anarchy game because I was playing as well, but I did see some of their other games, and they looked like they were pretty cleaned up by the time the bracket hit.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. And uh, forgive me, Clutch Mode. Are they have they been around for a while, or are they fairly new?
3: um well this is their second year and so uh chris de jesus is the captain of clutch mode and um so he is the captain of the stevenson ncda team and so they went to uh chicago for udc last year and so um you know chris is kind of what the team's built around i would say obviously everyone else on his team has gotten you know significantly better over the, over the last year um, but you know, he's kind of a jack of all trades where he'll catch, he'll throw, he'll make, you know, those plays kind of thing. And so they beat us in the first round of um, the playoffs. And I wasn't, I didn't even make it for that game. So, like, I don't know how close it was. Uh, like, I, I'm looking at it, and it says two to one. But, um, yeah, I mean, they can, they can upset teams pretty heavily. So,
1: yeah, they have a lot of, um, a lot of the kids on clutch mode play with some of the Z Warriors guys, like when they practice together locally. So it, it's another team that you know they catch a lot.
0: Gotcha. And uh, Amanda, you said that. Were, were you, was your focus mostly with with running women's and, and coed, or did you get to catch any of what took place during open?
2: Um, I my focus was mostly on women's um, and gotcha. coed. I didn't see a ton of a ton of open. Um, but I mean, just looking at the bracket, you got to give a shout out to Brick Squad. Uh, they didn't even make the top four last year, and obviously adding Jeff helped them to to make it to the top three. So,
1: yeah, funny little fact about Brick Squad—they only lost to one team in Open, um, and they lost to us three times. <laughs> so they were not happy about that. I'm sure that. they'll be coming swinging at us next round.
0: They're gonna hold a grudge.
1: Oh, yeah, they definitely holding a grudge. I mean, we've got the <laughs> the family mix in there, and yeah,
3: yeah. Actually, is it Narcy's on Brick Squad too, or no?
1: Yeah, Nar's on that team as well. So some old team awesome players.
0: Exactly. That uh I was gonna ask real quick. So you know how like as much as I hate to admit it, everybody on the West Coast expects Doom versus Rice. Like that's just been the precedence for, for years now. Is, is there something similar now with uh with the East? Is there like two teams where they just they you kind of expect them to be first or second, or they have that rivalry where everybody wants to watch those two play in this uh group here?
2: I think everyone expects Awesome to be in the finals. Um, I have for years, and I don't expect it to be any different now. Obviously, I think Anarchy could potentially be up there. However, if they have um, the team without in their next round, it wouldn't shock me to see a Brick Squad um, Awesome finals, or even if Clutch Mode is on their game, Clutch Mode Awesome. Um, so, I think... Anarchy Awesome wouldn't be surprising, but I wouldn't throw out some of the other teams that are in the top four or five to make it up there. Gotcha.
1: Yeah, and I don't want to speak too much about my team either, um, but there were two teams that I would say were a little disappointing in round one, who I wouldn't be surprised if they snuck up in round two. So, Arkham, they had a little bit of a roster change, but last year they gave everyone hell all year. You know, they had a round where they got second in both divisions. And then Aftershock is always a team that's right there in about fifth place. And this year, they added two upgrades, and they still came in about fifth place. So I think they'll probably sneak into a top four, if not next round, probably round three.
0: Gotcha. So it's not like, I mean, it's never this way, but it's not like written in stone, where you know these top four teams, five teams are going to be what you might see the rest of the year. There's way
1: more parity this year than years prior, in my opinion.
0: That's crazy. Yeah, that's uh that that seems to be the case with uh with West as well. Um I mean, no no offense by any means, but I think a lot of people were surprised to see Gridlock take third cuz usually you would think Titan would be on there or Rainbows. Um but that's not the case and so you know, positions 3 through 7 are going to be as Tyler put it a dog fight, which is really cool. So kind of cool to see that that's might be the case with with East as well. Um it's not it's it's still any any team's game and kind of what Want to echo what you said, Amanda? Not to keep digging the uh, Catchem hole, but I'm really curious to see how ar- Anarchy does without him. Um, and I, I don't want to take away from what they did. Obviously, I'm not going to say like, "Oh yeah, is the only reason why they won." But yeah, oh, he's no. he's uh, he's too much of a of a player to definitely not change the the overall scope of, of how a team performs. So I'm curious. Well, as and well. I s-
3: look at the oh. sorry. <laughs> if you look at No Sting, I mean, they didn't have Catchem playing for No Sting, and they still like, one there, too. So, I mean, um, the way that I look at Anarchy is they have a lot of very talented players, but, you know, as a first-year kind of playing, you know, the synergies might not be there. And so, uh, you know, it it leaves a team ripe to be upset on occasion where they just go against a team where they haven't really played them before or, you know, uh, momentum swings, that kind of thing. And that's something that, like, with Team Awesome, um, you know they're very consistent and so like they're almost always in the top four like mostly top two and so you know that's something where going forward especially with you know Billy being uh was in North Carolina right so mm-hmm. you know just like not playing with teams like you know Tigers has the same thing right now as like you know a couple of us are in Boston a couple of us are in Rochester like I'm in Maryland like we don't play that often so like sometimes we're on it and sometimes we aren't. So, gotcha. uh, you know, a lot of that can be said for, for other teams. Like, so, I mean, like, I know some people thought that GOAT would be higher because, um, you know, one of the late is on their team. But, I mean, I again, I didn't really see them much. Uh, they knocked us out. But, um, yeah, it was like weeks ago so I don't really remember it that well. <laughs> yeah.
2: I absolutely right. think Anarchy can win without Ketchum. Um, but I just know that without Katerino as well, it's, just a different team. Yeah, um, it's a different dynamic kind of. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so I can give my perspective playing them too. So when you're game planning to play a team like that, and they have Ketchum there as well, that's just like one more person that can change a game by themselves. So I think they're going to really have to lean on each other more in the next round when they don't have kind of like
0: Ketchum insurance. Ketchum insurance. catch <laughs> would be
1: pretty, pretty funny <laughs> when <you> put it.
0: <laughs> gotcha. Well, it's, but uh, 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 no,
1: it, it wasn't just him. I. I I would expect to see them in the finals again. Just uh, hopefully it goes differently next time.
0: <laughs> yeah, gotcha. Maybe, like I said, probably a different dynamic or style of play, but still, still one to to contend against. Yeah, for sure. Um, so let's go ahead and uh, kind of venture into women's. Amanda, um, how? So you kind of said that anarchy was wasn't as dominant in uh, in women's. There was more of a of a battle. I think you said KO. Uh, looks yeah, like um, KO knocked him out at uh, first.
2: So KO I think definitely gave them a good fight. Um, KO lost Meg Fricker to ro- in round robin to a knee injury. So I think Ooh. had Meg been able to play for the rest of round robin and, and um, the bracket play, it might have been a, the same outcome, but it might have been different as well. Um, Venom also was a huge shocker. They had quite a few women that were new to Elite this year, um, but they... Totally showed they weren't. They shouldn't be underestimated. They knocked Anarchy into the loser's bracket. Um, so they were definitely a team to, that I think people might have come in underestimating and uh, showed that they shouldn't be. And then uh, Precision Dodgeball didn't perform as well as they had hoped, but they have a pretty stacked team. So I wouldn't be surprised to see them do much better in round two
0: precision i'm seeing a lot of their uh their facebook stuff whoever's yeah. doing their social media is killing it
2: yeah,
1: yeah they're killing it <laughs> um
0: and and i just wanted to say like venom's logo is sick looking this uh, medusa looks like um, yeah that's so cool yeah, it's pretty awesome <laughs> very cool um so going back to or staying on on women's um and, and that was my mistake. I think I said earlier, uh, KO knocked out Anarchy. That wasn't the case. It was it was Venom, as you said, Amanda. I was just yep. kind of looking at the bracket again. Um, were there any other teams that were kind of like a like a surprise, uh, good or bad?
2: Um, no, I. There was Clutch Mode um, was mostly new as well, and then um, oh, the other. Um, Skills was the sixteen. They both had their their games and their moments where they were um, definitely making plays, and you know you were looking for some upsets to happen. Um, But I think Venom was the biggest shocker.
0: Nice. Um, Just looking at Tyler's article here, Um, and it looks like. Just when KO appeared to have the championship wrapped up in the third <laughs> game of the second set between the two teams, Anarchy's Elia Roth came up with a huge catch and then proceeded to close out the tournament victory with teammate Michelle Radley. Did you by chance yeah. get to catch that?
2: Yes, absolutely.
0: You mind walking us um, through that?
2: Walking you through it?
0: Yeah, just like what kind of set the stage and...
2: Um, so if I remember correctly, we had... We, sorry, I say we, K.O. K.O. had three people in um, versus just Elia. And it like you said, we both teams had one loss, both teams had one win, so whoever won would win. Um, and two teammates who have played together for a while, Kate Karens and Emily Hotz, um, decided that they would do kind of a throw at Kate, Kate was right in front of Elia, and Hotz was cross-court, and they decided they'd you know, team up on her, and um, she caught Hotz's ball, and Kate's ball missed, so mm. Hotz was out, and Michelle came in, and it was two-on-two, two. Um, and I don't think there were any more catches. I think they just hit out both Kate and I forget who the third person left in was, but yeah, we had a three-on-one advantage, and Elia made the catch that changed the game,
0: Oh, that that I mean that's awesome on the one side, but on the other side that's that's got to hurt. you're like, oh if, I, if my ball just hit that person it might have been yeah. different. Oh,
2: I, I hate that. yeah, there was a lot of there was a lot of back and forth. Meg Fricker and I were kind of hanging out on the sidelines, and you know we'd look at each other at one point thinking it was over and then KO would make a play that would turn it around and then we'd make a play that we are like, oh, why did that just happen? So there was a lot of back and forth in the last couple games.
0: That's funny um, when I was interviewing uh, Monique about co-ed uh, for West she was kind of saying like with every play she'd be like okay th- this team's gonna win and then something else would happen like okay no they're they're gonna win now like and then somebody would get out and like oh well now we're back to their winning and there's just like that back and forth like seesaw of, like who's actually gonna win yeah um, it's always it's always exciting when that happens like you even as a spectator you, you want to watch an, an exciting you know close game not like a you know 20 second blowout so yeah, it's cool to hear that that was uh, was the case. Um, so I think we covered some teams there for women's um, and a couple of players. Were, were there any other uh, players that just kind of stood out and were just they just showed up and were bringing their A game that you noticed? Um,
2: I know you mentioned her coming back into the game, but Michelle Radley was huge for Anarchy. She and just throughout the day, she had so many catches. I think anytime I watched an Anarchy game, she had at least one catch, if not more. Um, she was just on fire that day.
1: Nice. It's not just that day, that's what she's known for. Yes. well, yes, girl. yes, yes.
2: <laughs> but this was, I think this was Elite's first experience with her at a tournament, and she, and we knew that's what she was known for, and she showed why.
0: Nice. So she was just consistent across the board, like this is the standard that you'll yes. see from her. Awesome. Um, let's see. And I'm, I'm just assuming, forgive me, but uh, Frankie and, and Tim, did you guys catch any of the women's events that you wanted to, to kind of bring up?
1: I felt like when I was watching, I always saw a catch, at least like every game. So I'm curious if there was, if I think was kinda... a part of
2: that was mm-hmm. we didn't have a neutral zone in women's, and so we were throwing from a center line. Um, so I hmm. think adding in the neutral zone in rounds two and three will also change the... The way the game is played, the pace of the game, um, maybe less than the number of catches.
0: Is is there a reason why there was no uh, neutral zone?
2: Just a, I think we were just rusty. Yeah, <laughs> I totally There's, forgot. There was a mention of it at the beginning of the day, and there was just so much happening and getting things ready, and it just kind of slipped through us. And and someone mentioned it. Someone else mentioned it. Like second to last game of round robin and at that point it was like,
0: too late to we've been
2: playing this way the entire tournament, it doesn't make sense to go to a neutral zone now.
0: Yeah, that would that probably upset a lot of people <laughs> consistency wise so, yeah, gotcha. Um, um, I mean
3: I would say that, uh, you know, I think that going forward, so I don't know if this was mentioned, but I believe that women's on the East are getting rings for the championship, like whoever wins the top four, and so Uh, you know, that going forward, I expect like women's to, to get stronger going forward, especially for that reason. And so another thing is that, uh, May 4th, which is round two, uh, that's the same weekend as the national dodgeball festival in Barrie, Ontario. Hmm. And so I would expect that the Canadians that we had come out for open women's and no stink to not be there for round two. And so, um, you know, it might leave Anarchy a little bit weaker, you know, not having Lauren. Um, so, so yeah, just throwing that out there that, you know, they may not be that top team, you know, at, at round two, so. Yeah,
2: I've heard a couple Anarchy um, players won't be there at round two. Yeah, I've heard several, so.
0: So it'll be an interesting change just all across the board, not just with uh, with Open then, as far as round two goes. Yeah, it's always the case and like, I'm really curious, uh, I, I don't mean to keep going back to the West, but it's just my perspective. I'm really curious to see how the shift to Portland changes the scope a little bit. Like, are we going to see more, uh, you know, Pacific Northwest teams show up and, and less LA and, and maybe less Arizona players? Or, you know, it, it's hard to believe that the entire showing from round one is going to end up at Portland. So that always changes things up, too. So I'm, I'm curious just to see how that will turn out. So I can totally understand um, how I mean- um, the festival might might impact that that event for, for round two for you guys. Well From yeah, I mean yeah.
1: perspective, Tim, this is the biggest East Coast in Boston we've had, right? Because that's normally a far travel for most teams.
3: In Boston, I'm not entirely sure. We had twenty for open and then twenty for co ed. I thought that last year we had some that were in like the twenty four or twenty seven range. I could be wrong, but I thought that last year we had more teams show up for co ed um, but again, I could you wrong. I mean, we're like, it to put it in perspective, like, each elite East round is bigger than, like, the first Nationals at Vegas, you know what I mean? Like, it's the same amount of teams pretty much, like, 20 teams in each division. And so, you know, aside from not having pinch, like, it's just, it's so much going on that, um, you know, it's really easy to, you know, miss a lot of these, like, big plays kind of thing, so.
0: Gotcha. So let's, let's go ahead and go and, and segue in now into uh, co no Um and, and Amanda, you can you can start off. Uh, same same question as uh, with Open and Women's. Uh, any teams aside from Anarchy that really gave them a run for their money and, and kind of just showed up all around? Do you notice?
2: Um, I I think Awesome obviously gave them a run for their money. They took a game off of them at the finals there, um, but I don't know. I didn't see a ton of their games. Um, I was following Night Shift around since that was um, kind of the conglomerate of our, the the people I t- used to play with and still play with a little bit here, and Frankie and some of our Team Awesome friends. Um, but Brick Squad was also having a great day. Um, there was, as we were saying earlier, there was a couple times where I thought they were out of it and you know, one of their girls would make a a great catch, or, uh, you know, yep. (laughs) Frankie. (laughs) Um, So, I didn't get to see a ton of the teams. Aftershock there, again, was also doing really well. Not surprising, they always bring it. Um, But the one big one that I think a lot of people are sometimes surprised made it that, as far as they did, but doesn't ever really surprise me, is Tigers. Tigers, I think, made it into the top four. And I'm sure Tim has heard the surprise before from people of like Tigers made it into the top four, but it's no. really not surprising to me. They've I've played against them in a number of tournaments, elite and non-elite, and they are deadly with the no stings. So, nice. um, I don't know if Tigers ever got a chance to play Anarchy, but um, they're they're one that when we get matched up against them, I'm always nervous. Fair enough.
1: Yeah, their game with uh, Anarchy I think was two one. Um, and Tigers are a great example of when we switch to no sting, there's so many teams that just like three people on their team turn into scary throwers, where in 8.5 it's just kind of normal. But like, Tim, you can talk about this way more since it's your team, but Matt with the no sting balls, he's a force. Like he really impacts.
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's always interesting to watch him be like, oh man, like 8.5 is not my game. And I'm like, dude, you're playing fine. And then he goes to like no sting and he like transforms into a total different player. And so uh, it's, it's funny because we have like a throwing order. And um, I mean, it's kind of like funny and humbling, but it's like I pass the balls off when we go to No Sting because it's just like I am not the cannon on, on, you know, <laughs> No Sting. And so like the backstory to that is that, you know, we play every Friday in Rochester. We play just No Sting. And so like we all started playing with No Sting. Like that was how we got into the game. And so, like, we've been playing those things for just like years. And so, uh, you know, UDC is always a big showing for us. Um, but, but yeah, so I think we made second or third that one time that we had around in New York City. And so, you know, it's not like it's the first time for Tigers getting into the top four. Um, but yeah, going forward, I would expect this to stay since we have our, uh, our main lineups going to stay the same this season for once. So.
0: So, so you'll have some uh, consistency and all that good stuff going into round two and three and nationals?
3: Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I, again, like, it's, it's always weird with college teams because, you know, when people graduate, they go back to where they were from, you know? And so we have, like, a player that is now playing in the north. We have a player that, I think we have two players that are playing in the north now just because they, like, they moved after graduating. And so... You know, I am no longer in Rochester. Matt's no longer in Rochester. So, I mean, it's it's always interesting with teams that you know people move away and trying to to keep that that dynamic together. I mean, uh, Team Awesome's going through the same thing right now. So, um,
1: we never practiced anyway.
3: <laughs> of course. <laughs> gotcha.
1: Yeah, I think I'm uh, yeah. looking. Looking at the bracket, if I had to pick my top six for no-sting going in, this is probably the six I would have picked. So Anarchy, Brick Squad, Awesome, Tigers, Night Shift, Aftershock. I think that's why I would have picked to come in the top six, so I'm not too surprised by that. But there were some teams who maybe it's their first elite or you know they're pretty new to it that made some runs. I see Mount Olympus won a couple games, which is great for them because they're really passionate about the sport right now, and they're always trying to bring two teams and things like that. So I think they're doing pretty well there. Um, I see Goat made a little bit of a run in No Sting, which they're not known for doing, so that's awesome. I'm sure that was probably led by Spencer, Lopez, and Lewis really going off. And then, um, of course, Brick Squad's the other one to highlight, they're they're so good at No Sting. I wouldn't be surprised if they steal round two or three and win one of them outright.
2: I was surprised, I didn't see them play at all, but DIY was the second seed going into the bracket. Um, and I think they got knocked out by Tigers, so not surprising there, but um, I was really shocked to see. They must have played really well in Round Rob, and I just didn't get a chance to see it.
1: Yeah, so that team has Ed Aponte, formerly of Team Awesome, and now an Aftershock, and then some of the Space Cadet guys, and then Michelle Radley played with them as well, so that's definitely a pretty good team, um, and I know Ed was really disappointed with how it went during the bracket. Hmm.
0: Gotcha. I was looking at... Uh specific shout-outs. But yeah, same thing. Um, Sorry, Tim. Uh, The Tigers also turned some heads with their fourth place finish in COED, so I thought that was kind of funny. (laughs) It
3: happens.
0: (laughs) Uh, Let's see. Um, And I guess uh, what we can do, we'll start with COED, and this could be uh, anybody's perspective. Um, And and I kind of asked you this, Amanda. were, Were there any plays or any just situations that happen that just stand out the most? You're like, oh man, I can't believe this happened.
2: Um, the one that just sticks out to me was when Night Shift was playing Brick Squad um, because I believe they were the ones Oh no, tight. When we were playing them and still in the, um, the winner's bracket, the top of the bracket um, we were up two on one against Joanne uh, Christian Joan Esteban and she caught um, whoever it was. I don't even remember, Frankie. Do you remember? It wasn't I you. Mo- <laughs> no, I was I know. Not but um <laughs> Thanks. she caught she caught one of I think she caught maybe TJ Manning and brought in one of and the one. <laughs> one of the guys and they beat us. So that's the one that really sticks out to me. Um mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, the Brick Squad awesome games are probably fun to go back and watch. I know there was a lot of controversy controversy around a play with uh, Drew Giavinko. He like caught a ball and then kind of strutted out of bounds after he caught it, yeah. and it got called as a momentum play. So I know that was something that was. Um, Pretty controversial. <laughs>
2: oh boy! He strutted we all know out that Giovinco strut, but
1: <laughs> I, I think it was Brick Squad. It
2: might have been Anarchy,
1: but it was one of those two teams. And I have it on video somewhere on our <laughs> on our page. It'd be pretty
0: funny to go look at it. So did he? So he strutted. He didn't stutter or like stumble out of bounds. He just
1: it was it was kind of like in the motion of the catch. You know, it was. Uh, I didn't ref if I was refing, I probably would have called him out, but the that uh, <laughs> it was part of momentum and I think the team he was playing was pretty upset. I have to look up whether it's Brick Squad or Anarchy, but huh. I remember that sticking out as a you know, kind of the game stops for two minutes and everyone's talking.
0: Oh, I'm sure deliberating and it's only like well, just like one of the biggest catches out there. So no no pressure yeah. to get it right or, or, or wrong. Um let's see. What I'm noticing from Tyler was um, Anarchy won in convincing fashion, thanks to Brandon Kelly making yet another clutch catch in a big game. Brandon is a great player who has been overlooked too long, which I, I doubt. But per this article, uh, if, he, if he continues to perform at, perform at this level, this will that will be impossible. Um, I don't think he's overlooked, um, and and that's me coming from the West Coast. and And I got to listen to his podcast on David Tate's. It's like, yeah, this is definitely somebody you do not want to sleep on ever. Is that the case with you guys? Like, did you see that catch and
1: Yes, yeah, so I'll I'll take this. Uh, that was against Awesome in the Open Finals, um, and it was two on one, me and Drew against him. And Drew and I teamed through, and I hit him, and he caught Drew's ball. And I don't know how Mikey had a ball so fast, but he just came running in and kind of knocked me out of the air. It was, it's cool to watch. It's the end of Dominic's highlight video. Oh, nice. Um, so yeah, it was you know uh, it wasn't like it was a game deciding catch because it was only probably the first game of that series, maybe the second. But it sealed that game, and then the other game wasn't close. So it's uh, it's always cool to see other clutch catchers doing things like that. So definitely yeah. happy that Brandon's getting some recognition. He's always, you know, he's someone you're scared to throw out. You don't put one ball on him and feel good about that.
2: Yeah, I think to say he's underestimated is a little silly. I think most people know him from Nationals last year where he made, I don't even remember who it was against, but he turned a game in – in the bracket playoffs and at nationals with a big catch. Um, so he, I think maybe they might be referring to like, maybe he wasn't ranked as highly in the the elite East um, as people might think he would be, but I don't think anyone ever under underestimates him.
0: Gotcha. And that, I mean, it's like the case for any, any of the rankings There's a, what, what about this guy or what about that guy or, or so-and-so should be ranked number this. And right. it's just, uh, you know, I, it's great that it's that it's there, and I think once uh, once players are showing up and and these things are happening, it'll probably slowly start to become more. I don't want to say accurate, but it'll probably you'll probably see less instances like this where a player who people do not snooze on are, are ranked adequately or appropriately. So, um, I just kind of wanted to read that, and then also in open, looks like uh, Anarchy was propelled by an MVP performance from Brandon Kelly, who made multiple clutch catches to secure the victory. So if um if people are snoozing on him at this point then that's at your own peril like you're just silly to, to be doing that um let's see i think um i think we covered open pretty well i'm just like looking at some of the team pictures um ashley cook is she so she's east or i thought she was north
2: She was North, but I don't think the North could get a women's team or women's division together. They just, I don't think, had the numbers to make it happen. So um, she joined Anarchy. I uh, had to mention her earlier when you were asking about players that really brought their A game because she definitely um, was like the driving force for Anarchy, I think. She set the pace of like every game that she was a part of. She kept the other team on their toes, because she was a, the the right corner. So she was just constantly pumping pump or doing cross-court throws. So she definitely, um, and I mean, I'm again, I didn't see Anarchy, uh, Night Shift never played them in co-ed, so I didn't really see them play. But she, I'm sure, added to their, their team victory in co-ed as well.
0: Gotcha. Now, is that going to be like a, a catch-em situation, where we're going to find out how she does with her North team, or?
2: Yeah, I'm not sure about that because I thought she was a member of Boosh, but I don't know how that works. With I don't know if the same since you don't we don't technically rank coed or there's not points for coed. I don't know how that works. It'll be interesting oh, to see true. what happens.
0: Yeah, I guess that's uh, that's a good point. I didn't I forgot uh, for me every every division counts. It's all uh, it always counts. So I, I forget that um, coed doesn't technically count far as as far as like points go so i guess it's not as big of a deal as uh as open anarchy but um yeah good for her like obviously she's a standout player so i was surprised to see her on the roster as well for uh, for an east round um the one thing i did want to bring attention to and maybe frankie this is more for you um is there's an excerpt here that says also a playoff one-on-one between brothers jeff and matt May have been the longest 1v1 in in Elite history. Uh, Can you talk to that a little bit?
1: Yeah, definitely. So I figured that would come up, so I pulled up the video and watched it. Uh, I didn't watch all of it, but I watched the first like five minutes of it. So that game went for over 14 minutes. Wow. Um, And as the theme was for Awesome vs. Brick Squad that day, they were up on us, and they let us get some catches. And really, it went from, I think they were up 5 to 2 on me and Drew Dreyvinko, and I got a catch and brought someone in, and then Drew got a catch and brought someone in, and uh, it turned into Matt versus Jeff at the end, and that was at about three minutes in on the video, and so this video went for 14 minutes, so we had about a 10-minute match of jurists Matt versus Jeff. Um, So I would hope that's the longest match in Elite history because that would delay tournaments significantly if that happened. Often. Um, and the, the real big standout there, and I was talking to Jeff about this today because I figured it would come up. Um, I think both of them were afraid to go for a catch and make a play, even though it was one on one and 8.5. So you really just saw them throwing the ball and blocking and then the other person would throw and block. And so like the crowd goes from really excited to see two brothers go at it to just kind of like, all right, when's this going to end? And then Jeff drops his ball and kind of goes for a catch but doesn't commit and the crowd's like, oh! And then a minute later, it's like, oh my God, when's this going to end? And so it went like that for a while until I think Jeff like dropped a block or stepped out of bounds. I'd have to go back and watch the end, but Jeff kind of beat himself. So it was really funny that such an intense match had such a like lame conclusion of, you know.
0: After all that, and just something simple like accidentally going out of bounds or something.
1: Yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was fine to watch from my end, because we were still up at that point, so even if we lost that game, we had another game to go, right. but I'm sure, you know, in the moment, Jeff and Matt were just like, I don't want to be the one to make a mistake and lose to my brother.
0: Oh man, yeah, so you're just you're just adding another layer of of, of uh, the mistakes there. Oh, that's funny. I yeah, think, it's, uh, it's a good one to watch. <laughs> I think after five minutes it's just like okay somebody do something please like my, my emotions can't handle this We want to move on, want to move on with my life like just something happened so those are always fun for, for a little while then just like geez okay let's, let's move on me um, uh, one thing that I did not even think about covering um, was the showdown um, I'm assuming that took place at East right before I get too far ahead of myself it did yeah, yeah. um Any one of you guys want to go ahead and just comment on that real quick? Like um, major players, uh, how it turned out? um, Yeah. That kind of nature? Um,
2: So we always have more people who want to do Showdown than we can field. Every year we like turn people away because we've just filled up the bracket. Um, And it was no different this year. Um, I would say um, some of the bigger surprises of just like people who got knocked out. so, TJ Manning knocked out Drew Geo. And while TJ is a teammate of mine, hearing that matchup, I would have originally assumed Drew would have taken it. But TJ, um, while new to this, is his second year of the league, he's just getting better every round. So, um, not surprised that he won and wouldn't be surprised if he continues to make it pretty far in in the um, next round. Uh, Brian Keneally, who is yep. the biggest jokester of the league, took out a keel. That's who, what I
1: that
2: would have. Who um, who's one of the best Dodgers and has a great arm. So I think that one was a complete shock to most people. Biggest um, shock. And then Ed Aponte got knocked out by Mike Fiore, which I don't think anyone was expecting. But when Mike is on and um, having a good day, that's what can happen. Um, I think the one matchup that a lot of us are looking forward to the most is um, next round, Mike McGee and Tim get to match up. So that should be an interesting one.
0: Tim Wells and <laughs> Mike McGee.
2: Yeah. So I, oh, nice. I, really, I think a lot of people think that Mike's gonna go all the way, but I think if Tim's having a good day and is on, and if Mike doesn't know where the line is and steps over it, like he's <laughs> about <know> to do, <laughs> uh, you never know what's gonna happen.
0: Gotcha. Real quick, um, you said Brian Camilli. Canilli. Canilli. Yes. Is is the dodgeball a joker, huh?
2: Oh yeah, he's he's the one that's got the boombox playing music to kick everyone out. And <laughs> I wonder, yeah.
0: I wonder how he would compare against David Benedetto because I think
2: Oh, that David's guy... got Brian beat. Yeah. <laughs> down, <that sound>, but <laughs> Brian is like a miniature Dave for the East Coast.
3: It's nice. What <laughs> team is he on again? Uh, Brian.
2: Yeah. Uh, I think he's on Josh. Margararu's team, and I think their name this year is Massacre. Massacre. yeah.
3: Yeah.
1: The formerly Badgers.
2: Formerly Badgers, <laughs> now Massacre.
0: Yes. Nice. Yeah. I'm a, I was as soon as you said like the the dodgeball jokester, I was like, mm, is he though? Sorry. Uh,
2: <laughs> East Coast jokester. <laughs>
0: Fair enough. Yeah. Now, now they have to battle though. Like they have to get <laughs> out. And there can there can be only one. So
2: it would probably be pretty hilarious to watch <laughs> it happen.
0: One of those things are like, I will, I will pay money just to watch this because it'll play out and be, be awesome. Um, well, cool. So I guess uh, you said um, Mike McGee may not be the one that would take it all. Uh, do you have like an idea of, of who might or is that just too much of a speculation at this point?
2: I mean, I would not be at all be surprised if Mike made it into the finals. Um, but I... TJ Manning if he's on he is a former baseball player so uh, he's got a pretty good arm zaps if he's having a good day you never know what's gonna happen um, Chris de from um, from clutch mode still in there and if he's catching everything who knows uh, Tim's obviously a force to be reckoned with you never know what's gonna happen with him he's super dodgy and can get smaller than almost anyone I've ever seen behind that ball, like, and it's got a great arm, so I don't know, I think any of those guys could be in the top spot at the end of the day.
0: Nice. Yeah, and and Tim Wilson. Yeah, I mean, uh, I wouldn't
3: be surprised if, uh, Steve Bauman from the Tigers makes it at least into the top four. Um, he's always, like, the last guy in on the Tigers, and so he's always a really, really good 1v1 person, and so, um, Yeah, I mean, not a lot of people know him for being, um, like, a solo guy, but he totally is, so. (laughs) He's the
1: guy that throws with two arms.
3: Exactly, exactly.
0: Like, (laughs) at the same time, or left and then right, or right and then left?
3: I'll do, like, a left and a right.
0: I guess I could have said one at a time. That probably would have been easier, but (laughs) I I was just picturing somebody, like, straight up, like, Hulk double throw. I'm like, that's okay. I can
1: he kind of whips his one arm and then throws like normal with the other. It, it's cool to watch. It's annoying to try to catch.
0: I'll, I'll bet. I mean, it's it's enough to just track one ball, let alone two, especially if they're going to come at you one one at a time from the same source. Like, that's, that's a tall order. Um, and I was going to say, Tim, you're also very sneaky, uh, just so you kind of snuck into this podcast here. <laughs> I, I can't <laughs> I'm not going to let that go. I mean, you
3: said, like, the the time, and then, like, I went <laughs> to go, like, I thought it was a Facebook uh, chat, and so then I went to, like, your chat, and it was like, oh, no, it's an app, and so I was like, ah. Oh. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah I, my, my apologies for that.
0: Oh, uh, no worries. This is uh, a professional
3: it, podcast.
0: Yeah. Like, how chat. dare you, Well, the last sir, time, didn't we
3: do the last time uh, in a Facebook, like, Facebook audio or something?
0: Uh, I'm always changing it up, trying to find the best way. Um, exactly. I know that Google <laughs> Hangouts was, it was the way I was anticipating doing this with, uh, with, with two people and when it came to to four um, I was like well I should probably try something else and uh shout out to serge Ferrari for recommending this platform zoom is is pretty awesome I'm digging it so far so appreciate you guys uh converting and, and doing whatever you had to do to, to hop on um, and before we before we sign off cause I, I think that covered most of at least for from my perspective and i definitely appreciate um, you guys coming out here and you know, give me an idea of, of what took place. Uh, first of all, yeah, I'm obviously very biased towards the West, but that's, that's all I know. So I'm, I'm happy to be able to, to get some more insight and find out a little bit of the who's who and the, the what's what. But um, before we t- sign off, um, I'll, I'll just kind of like leave this to you guys as individually. We can start with Frankie. Um, anything else that may have stood out or that you want to kind of talk about before, uh, before we end this? Uh,
1: no, I think a good way to summarize this was um I don't think across either open or co-ed and probably not women's either that how the bracket came out in round one will happen again in rounds two and three. I think it's going to be very different each round. I think this is going to be a really fun year for the East and uh, I'm really looking forward to being a part of that.
0: Nice.
2: Yeah, yeah I 100% agree with Frankie. Um, I think as we kind of, we've kind we kind of been saying throughout this whole this whole podcast I think a lot of the same top teams will be in those top spots, but I think the order that they they came in in this this first round will be um, slightly different. And as we've said too, just that some of the teams um, who maybe didn't perform as well this round will have it figured out by next round and um, might move up a couple spots as well.
0: Nice. How about you, Tim?
3: Um, yeah, I guess you know mine's from the more operational side, <laughs> <laughs> but um, I mean it was really good to see. Uh, like the designated refs come through and um, you know it's always the worst when you have people that are like oh we don't have refs on this court well like you know having the accountability was was huge you know not only for um, you know just the progression of the, the tournament itself but you know just not having people like stopping play you know what I mean um, and, and it's interesting because like we're talking about round two right now which is coming up uh, I think May 5th and um like, Mark and I were kind of toying with the idea of making it a two-day tournament. And so I think that, like, going forward, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, that, that eventually happens at some point. Um, you know, not to say that it would or anything, but, uh, like, I know that we're, we're trying to get um, Pinch to happen for round two, and so, like, there's no way to make that happen unless you did it in a two-day tournament, you know what I mean? Okay. So, like, it's just, it's interesting trying to, like, make all of the puzzle pieces fit, you know what I mean? So um, it's definitely like, I always feel just like really humbled after a tournament, like watching it be successful and uh, you know, I definitely need to thank um, Amanda for for everything. I was really able to delegate to her like the entire day. And uh, yeah, so I didn't get a chance to thank you, but thank you.
2: (laughs) No worries, happy to help.
0: Awesome. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah, you definitely, uh, you definitely do have a different, a little bit of a different perspective because you know you. I imagine you're like the first one to show up, last one to leave, and you're you're putting in all the all the all the extra time. So having dedicated reps, um, just from my perspective of knowing where I needed to be, when I needed to be there, and, and who I was supposed to ref with, was great, because instead of just picking up my whistle. And finding out what court needed me or what, what court needed somebody, you know, on my, not to sound like a, like a jerk, but on my own, you know, generosity, like when I wasn't, you know, going to the bathroom or listening to music or in my own head doing, you know, thinking about the dodgeball game, I felt like that really made just the entire feel of the tournament just step up drastically. So I love what everyone's doing and, and, and finding out, you know, what what pieces of the puzzle are actually need to be prioritized and which ones are going to, you know, just make us that much better all around. So it's uh. It's awesome, and for what it's worth, like it sounds like East Coast um, or East, I should say, is is you know right aligned with West, and and all the other uh, regions are just going to get better and better and better, and it's going to make Nationals that much more exciting. So,
2: yeah,
3: yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. I wasn't able to to be at Nationals last year, so, um, yeah, <laughs> so I'm really happy for this year's.
0: Awesome, cool. Well, I guess uh, we'll go ahead and end it there. Alrighty, so there you have a recap of the Elite Dodgeball East Round 1 tournament That took place uh, March 10th and kicked off the Elite season uh, I do want to apologize for the delay But between uh, coordinating times with everybody Covering and, and even playing in the West region uh, last weekend uh, Some time has passed um, But I'll definitely do my best to be more on the ball for the upcoming ones While they're still fresh in, in the players' minds, uh, so to speak uh, for those of you that may have listened to the West uh, Region 1 recap um, that I released this past weekend, uh, I do want to see how you felt about the style and format of this one in particular. While I did enjoy breaking down the West recap into uh, three segmented parts uh, with three individual people, um, I think having everyone all together really keeps the conversation going and it just it just flowed better. So. If you liked it, let me know. If you hated it, let me know. Or if you have ideas on how to make the next one better, uh, let me know. Till then, have a great evening, and I'll catch you on the next one. Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and do the exit now in three, two, one. Let me remember how to breathe. Uh, Simple humaning 101, dude. All right. Three, two, one.